0: Dive, Dive. King, Wade, Fox, Beardlock is acting very weird.
1: Captain Pike, Siskel's wife, Klingons, and the afterlife. Boimler, Tendi's dog, Ransom is very harsh. Four drive, black alert, Giorgio has gone berserk.
0: left, an idiot, is Wolf is wearing red. See this cat, that Q is that, enough of that. Be me up, make it so, everybody let's go. We
1: talk about, about the series. You
0: can join us live by picking up your phone now. We talk about, about the series. We're coming to you on the stream about the series.
2: Well, good evening, Trekkies and Trekkers around the globe. It is Thursday, May 4th, 2023. It is 7.30 p.m. Eastern Daylight Savings Time. That means we are live for the next two hours. You can let your fingers do the walking and call Trek Talkin' right now at 646-668-2433. And you're going to want to do that because we have a great show planned for you. Even though there's no new Star Trek and you're suffering from withdrawals, that's fine. Because you can settle down and enjoy some Trek Talkin'. And we have with us, live in the studio with us right now, the one and only... Andy Bray, how you doing tonight, Andy? I'm doing great. I'm really excited to be back with you guys. It's always fun. Uh, we, we have a new uh, Trek sketch that we're going to be playing for you guys and talking a little about a little bit later called Worst Contact. And as usual, if, if he can break away, we're going to have uh, Pavel Chekhov join us for a little bit later. Can Pavel make it or is he, is he busy?
3: He's got a long shift in the boiler room, but he promises that he's going to step away for a moment. He's going to put the shovel down, and he's going to come by and join us.
2: All right. Excellent. So we'll have a little, little visit from Pavel himself, at, especially since uh, we heard from his son on Star Trek Picard.
0: Yeah. So it would be
2: great to hear from Pavel himself. So as of right now, we have 124,342 downloads of the podcast, which is awesome, and 138,959 followers on our Facebook page. Wow. Before we go too far, though, I want to introduce to you my awesome Trek experts, and we've got the whole band back together. We're like the Beatles. We're all back together again. And we'll start off with Charles. Charles is out in Las Vegas. How you doing tonight, Charles?
4: Evening, guys. May the fourth be with you.
2: It is the fourth. That's some Star Wars thing, I think. This, this other, this other thing. I think it's Star Wars or something. Well, can yeah. we say that one without
3: point, bursting into flames? Is that like sacrilegious? No, never. No, because no.
4: at one point it was a Trek and Beyond. Podcast,
5: mm-hmm. we
4: done much you know, Jim, line. you're always talking
5: about it. you're always talking about embracing the ideals of IDIC, right? IDIC. But if you're against Star Wars, how can you be embracing those ideals? I just put that out there. We have to be accepting of everybody.
2: Well, we used to mm-hmm.
5: we used to do that, but then
2: Star Trek came back in force, and we had it every Thursday, and we didn't need to go beyond. So we haven't had the need to. Doesn't mean we can't. Doesn't mean we won't. Just means we haven't had to. But at any rate, we have with us our trifecta from Portland. We'll start off with Paul, the not so donut donut guy. How are you doing tonight, Paul?
5: <laughs> I'm definitely not the donut guy, man. I think you got your wires crossed, but that's that's okay, man. I'm doing well. I was uh, awakened this morning in the middle of the night by the sound of uh, tumultuous thunder, which was cool. So I figured it was either. Uh, a moment of great inspiration and that i was going to need to write something down quickly or one of my neighbors had had a rather dramatic bowel movement i'm not sure which it was but uh, i <laughs> went ahead and went about my day and it was all fine so but, uh, a dramatic way to start the day i think it's an auspicious day uh when you have things like that happening because we don't do a lot of thunder lightning here in the pacific northwest so it was good it was good maybe it was just excitement
2: over truck talk and thursday
5: that's probably it. it. That's probably it.
2: it. It could very well be. And we also have with us our our very own David, the Donut Donut Guy. How you doing, David?
6: Uh, pretty good. Uh yeah, it was pretty thundering doing over here. I think some of the uh, trouble got electrified though. So, what your? He ran away. Yeah. You're <laughs> being chased
2: by glomer. <laughs> and wrapping out our trifecta from Portland, we have the one, the only Eric. How you doing tonight, Eric?
1: I am doing quite well, and I would like to think if, uh, if Gowron was here on this podcast right now, he would wish glory
4: upon the house of Star Wars. Glory. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah.
2: Anyways, it is the 4th, and we are here, Trek Talkin'. And every week we start off the show by doing fan shout-outs to you guys for supporting the show and listening to us. And you can get yourself mentioned on a fan shout-out by visiting our Facebook page. And at the top, you'll see a pinned post, and all you need to do is tell us where you're listening from. If you see a heart next to your name from yours truly, Uncle Jim, you will be featured in a future fan shout-out. And, Paul, Paul, what's the easiest way for people to get mentioned in a fan shout-out?
5: Well, it's actually very simple, Jim. All you need to do is basically uh, remove those uh, strange devices that you have from the ends of your fingertips and uh, or speak into a device, whichever is easiest for you, and get yourself one way or another over to trektalking.com, where there's a new feature that uh, fans may not know about. But uh, all of us on the show have recently added uh, personal Sound bites that you can play. So if you're curious what it sounds like when, say, Eric is uh, coming out of the bathroom, uh, you can play that sound and hear what that's like. If you want to know what it sounds like when Uncle Jim stretches and his back cracks because he's 190 years old, you can hear that sound. If you want to hear the sound of Charles looking out the weather, just look out the window to see, you know, what... Uh, what the weather's like, and you slides that window open? All of these sounds have been preserved for you to take advantage of on trektalkin.com. But, of course, you have to go there. So you can either yell into, your, yell into your smart speaker, as they like to say on NPR, or you can type it or whatever. But short answer, long answer, Jim, it's trektalkin.com. And that's your one-stop shopping for all that nonsense of which you speak. That, this is
2: absolutely correct. If you go there, you can find us. And... We always want to start off with our fan shout-outs, and we always start off with Eric.
1: Well, Jim, we're going to start this week right over there just across the pond in Derbyshire, a nice little area of uh, England, uh, right in the middle there. And we're going to say hello and thank you so much for listening to top fan John Down. John Down is over there in Vulcan, England. Can that even be possible? I love it. John, you're a top fan, which means that you interact with us a ton on our Facebook page, and we really appreciate that, because we have a lot of Facebook fans, and you're one of them. Thank you so much for listening to us, and kapla to you, sir. We're also saying hello this week and sending out a lot of love to Bernie Savison from the Netherlands. The Netherlands, I, it, that's one of those places I've always wanted to go. Did you know that 50% of that country is below sea level? Unbelievable. Bernie, how do you do it? Thanks for listening to us over there in the Netherlands. Top fan Brian Fox is also saying hello to us all the way from Galway, Ireland. I think I'm kind of like right in that same part of the world there. Brian Fox, thanks for saying hello to us and for sending us a little Irish flag there. And finally, my, fi- my final shout-out goes out to top fan Luca Carlino, who is saying hello to us from Assisi right there in the middle of Italia. Charles, Passing the shout-out megaphone over to you, brother.
4: Oh, thank you very much. Let's start out with top fan, Marie Hazel from New Hampshire, up in Jim's neck of the woods. Sam Ellis Sherman, I'm from Wisconsin in the United States. Live long and prosper, everyone. Uh, We wish you to live long and prosper, Top fan, Timothy R. Twist from Fremont, Ohio. Welcome, Timothy. And the last one on my list, down my neck of the woods, Sean Wells, down in Tucson, Arizona. David, I'm going to pass the megaphone over to you.
6: All right. So, yeah, I got Malcolm Jones saying hello from Louisville, Texas. And another saying hello from Cheryl Martin, Vicksburg, Mississippi, USA. I have a top fan saying hello from Terry Godwin from Gulf Shores, Alabama. And last on my list is Dorian C. Corbett saying hello from Iowa. I live about 40 minutes north of Riverside where Captain Kirk will be born. And the next 100 or so years. Cool. Uh, Paul, I'm going to pass the megaphone to you. Thanks, David. Appreciate it, buddy. First of all, I'd like to give a big shout-out uh, to
5: uh, the other corner of the uh, Pacific, to uh, Cebu City in the Philippines, to a fan, Bruce Emmons, who's given us a howdy-do from way, way, way down there on the other side of the planet. So great to hear from you, Bruce. Thanks for being a fan and for sharing your Star Trek enthusiasm, spinning the globe and flying back onto the other side there. We're going to go back to Europe, and we're going to go to Holland, the Netherlands. And uh, here's a greeting from a great fan there, Inika Groenwald-Bulder, who is saying hello to us. Hello, Inika. Thank you so much for shouting out and for being a fan. Uh, we're also saying kapla and live long and prosper to Sebastian Margus, uh, saying hello to us from the great nation of Poland. And finally for me, uh, top fan Mickey Nikolik is saying hello from glorious, beautiful, stupendous Belgium. Some amazing, amazing places. And guess what? Just about everywhere you look on the planet, there's somebody who's a Star Trek fan. And that's the nice thing about Trek Talking, is it's a cool place for us all to come together and celebrate what we all have in common. So pretty cool. Wouldn't you echo that sentiment, Uncle Jim?
2: Absolutely. And I want to start off by saying... Thank you and kapla to top fan Vincent Lemon, who's listening to us in New York, which is awesome. Also, I want to say hello and thank you to top fan Eddie Vera, who's listening to us in the Bronx down in New York. I wonder if Eddie happens to know Ray, but the Bronx is a pretty big place. We also want to say thank you to Colleen Myers, who says, I'm from New York, New York. The Bronx is up and the battery is down. That's pretty cool. (laughs) And last but not least, not from New York. We want to say thank you to Justin Jones, who's tuning in from Pittsburgh, PA. And that wraps up our fan shout-outs for the week. To hear your name mentioned, head over to Trek Talk and and Beyond on Facebook and just tell us where you're from. It's that simple. And this is the part of the show where we do our Star Trek birthdays, which means first we
0: have to hear from Mr. War. That was not a
2: Klingon sauce. All right, guys, we always start off our Star Trek birthdays by remembering those members of our Star Trek family who, sadly enough, are no longer with us. And for that, we turn to Eric.
1: Yeah, Jim, this week we're going to remember eight members of our Star Trek community who have gone before. The first is Mad Sinclair, lost back in 1995 at the... Very young age, of 57 years old, she was the Jamaican-born actress who played the captain of the USS Saratoga in The One with the Whales, Star Trek IV. And she also played Captain Silva LaForge in the Next Generation 7 season episode Interface. Um, although she did not receive on-screen credit for that first role, she was the first female Starfleet captain to be seen in the history of Star Trek. I think that's pretty cool, uh, a black woman in that role as the very first Uh, Certainly says something about the idic to me. Outside of Star Trek, Sinclair is perhaps best remembered for her six-year, three-time Emmy Award-winning role as Nurse Ernestine Shoup on the CBS television series Trapper John M.D. She also did the voice of Queen Sarabi in The Lion King, which you probably remember. Uh, What a great movie. And in fact, do you know that she has played LeVar Burton's mother three times in three different television productions? I think that's kind of cool. Interestingly, Sinclair's character on The Next Generation was the wife, of course, of Edward LaForge, played by Ben Vereen, and Vereen was an actor on Roots as well, in addition to... Jordy LaForge himself, Lavar Burton. So all three of them were in Roots. That's pretty cool. Happy birthday, and lots of love and remembrances going out to Madge Sinclair. Also, happy birthday. Out,
2: you left oh. out the most important. You left out the most important thing.
1: Tell me,
5: Jim.
2: She. It's it's May the Fourth be with you. So we have to get our Star Wars tie into here. She was married to Darth Vader in the Eddie Murphy movie Coming to America and Coming to America 2.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Yep. yep. known known for those great movies. I mean, she was in both of them. Yeah, so that's that's a pretty cool Star Wars connection. I hadn't thought about that. Good job. Yeah, I had to throw that in because it's <laughs> May the Fourth. <laughs> absolutely. Happy birthday as well to actor Leslie Jordan. Uh, Leslie Jordan was the actor, uh, also a musician and writer, who played Cole in Star Trek Voyager's third season episode, False Prophets. Um, Jordan definitely, I think, best known for his reoccurring role as Beverly Leslie, the homophobic, though obviously homosexual millionaire rival. Uh, of Megan Mullaney's character on the hit television series Will and Grace. Jordan actually won an Emmy, uh, an Emmy Award as an outstanding guest actor in a comedy series for that role back in 2006. He also had recurring roles on po- Boston Public, uh, Boston Legal, uh, Reasonable Doubts, uh, definitely a very popular actor, and made several guest appearances, including shows like Murphy Brown, New Heart, Perfect Strangers, uh, Ally McBeal, and actually uh, voiced Mr. Beauregard in two episodes of Seth MacFarlane's show American Dad. And guess what? One of those two episodes was entitled Star Trek. <laughs> uh, Leslie's also an accomplished or was an accomplished stage actor, uh, very well-known role playing uh, uh, a drag queen named Brother Boy in the play Sorted Lives, um, won an award for that one. And unfortunately, we lost him too soon due to a car crash. This was just last year in October of 2022. Um, he was uh, believed to have been heading somewhere and had some sort of medical episode and um, unfortunately died in the car crash. So Leslie Jordan, we do miss you. Um, thank you so much for your contributions to Star Trek and happy birthday to you. Happy birthday as well to Theodore Beichel, who lived to the age of 91. I love it. He, of course, was the actor who played Sergei Rajenko in the Next Generation fourth season episode family. That is Worf's human dad, in case you don't remember, a very versatile character actor. He was originally born in Vienna, Australia, but became early in his career a master of languages, dialects, and accents. And as a result, was often cast in those sort of ethnic roles where he could uh, code switch with his accent uh, on screen. So interesting skill put into motion there. Uh, outside of Star Trek, he was definitely best known for his Oscar-nominated performance as Sheriff Max Muller on the classic 1958 film The Defiant Ones. Uh, What a great movie. He also made an appearance in in a number of other classic uh, memorable films like The African Queen, the original Moulin Rouge, The Enemy Below, My Fair Lady, and The Russians Are Coming, The Russians Are Coming. He made several guest television appearances, including later in his career, Babylon 5, two episodes, if you're a sci-fi fan of that show. He also played President Richard Nixon's Secretary of State, Henry Kissinger, in the 1989 Watergate TV movie, the final days um he was known for actually playing captain von trapp in the sound of music on stage as well uh, which you will remember christopher Plummer played in the movie so fun little star trek connection there as well theodore Beichel would have had a birthday this week uh may 2nd happy birthday theodore happy birthday as well to john neville John Neville was the British uh, actor, extremely accomplished. You look at his resume, and you're like, whoa. Uh, but he, in Star Trek terms, was in the six-season episode Descent, uh, definitely best known, at least from my standpoint, for starring in Terry Gilliam's um, comic fantasy The Adventures of Baron Munchausen, where he, of course, played the title role. He was also in X-Files, which I know Jim was a big fan of. He was the well-manicured man back in the day, Um Mostly a theater actor, like, uh, played lots of Shakespeare stuff, played lots of title roles, including King Richard the Second, Romeo, and Hamlet. Um, he played John Holmes, the partner, of course, of, uh, uh, or excuse me, he played Sherlock Holmes, <laughs> uh, the, uh, you know, most famed uh, uh, fictitious detective, I think, out there uh, in a couple of British films. He also played Oscar Wilde and uh, just did tons and tons of theater. Um, Eventually in his uh, life, he actually moved to Canada and became quite involved in Canadian theater and Canadian television as well. So uh, John Neville would have had a birthday this week, also on May 2nd. Happy birthday, John. Happy birthday as well to Lance Legault. Lance Legault played the Klingon Katimok in the Next Generation second season episode, The Emissary. And he is absolutely best known for his recurring role as Colonel Decker on the A-Team, playing along with some other folks that we know well from TNG days. Legault was a personal friend of Elvis Presley and served as his stand-in and stunt double in four films, including Girls, 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 Viva Las Vegas, Kissing Cousins, and Roustabout. He also played the trombone. In Elvis's 1968 comeback special, uh, he was a tall, lean guy with a really deep voice, and as a result, uh, was cast into, uh, you know, stern types, military types, that sort of stuff. Um, some of his most memorable roles. I love these titles. So uh, he played uh, a Shakespearean ro- uh, in a he played in a Shakespearean rock opera, Catch My Soul. He played an evil pimp, Bert, in French Quarter. He played a vicious hired killer in (laughs) Coma. He played a formidable card shark (laughs) in The Gambler. And he played a steely prison guard in Fast Walking. Uh, I just love those title roles or those uh, character roles. In addition, uh, he made several television guest appearances throughout uh, his career here and there and stayed connected to Elvis Presley's Graceland Mansion and Museum in Memphis, Tennessee. Happy birthday and lots of love and remembrances going out to Lance LeGault. Happy birthday to Donald James Marshall as well. Donald James Marshall was the actor who played Lieutenant Boma in the original season, original series, first season episode, The Galileo 7. Um, he originally studied engineering, but was actually encouraged by his friends when he was in the army to go into acting. And so he did, and he made a career out of it. Um, maybe best known for being on Land of the Giants from 1968 to 1970. In addition to acting, he provided consultation regarding his work uh, throughout his career on racial issues. And as a result was given an award for outstanding achievement in his field as a black achiever in the United States. Uh, very cool. Uh, he also starred opposite to us actress, Michelle Nichols in a CBS movie, great getting up morning, which aired in 1964 um that had some cool stuff in it as well. And between nineteen seventy eight and nineteen eighty, he made three appearances on another show I know Jim loves from back in the day. The Incredible Hulk. Donald James Marshall would have had a birthday this week. Happy birthday, Don. Happy birthday as well to Barry Rousseau, also known as John Duke Rousseau or sometimes just John Duke, <laughs> appeared twice in Star Trek the original series, first as Lieutenant Commander Giotto in the first season episode, The Devil in the Dark, an episode we love to talk about. And then went on to play Commander Bob Wesley in the second season episode, The Ultimate Computer, another great episode. Lots and lots of television guest appearances in his career. Uh, Did a couple of feature films in the 70s. Um, I guess the thing that I want to say about Barry is he had kind of, it seems like a... Spot career here and there, started a few things here and there, but not not real steady uh, work. And according to the Internet Movie Database, Rousseau uh, was born on the 2nd of June and died on the 13th of December. And although the Social Security Death Index does list a John D. Rousseau with this birth and death date, it's unconfirmed as to whether it is indeed Barry Rousseau. Uh, So one (laughs) kind of instance where his stage name got in the way on on his own death certificate. Uh, So Barry Rousseau uh, would have had a birthday lost back in 2003. Happy birthday, Barry. And our final remembrance this week is for Jean Ball. Jean Ball uh, was one of two actresses who played Nancy Crater in the original series first season episode, The Man Trap. And Jim, who's the other actress who played Nancy Crater?
2: Well, oddly enough, it was Sandy Gimple, and she's going to be at Trek Long Island. So you can head down there, you can meet Sandy, and you can meet me. So check it out if you're in the area.
1: So Jean was the human version, and Nancy was the salt vampire version, which I think is pretty cool. She was born in Chicago but grew up in California where her father worked as a set designer in Hollywood uh, and went to school in Santa Monica I got some work in some theater back in the day, like in gypsy lady and South Pacific and guys and dolls, but uh, she's probably best known for her co-starring role as vice principal Jean Pagano in the first season of the high school drama series, Mr. Novak. A Few other credits here and there, um, but she actually retired from acting way back in 1971 and decided to become a mom, uh, had a couple of different marriages and a couple of different kids here and there, but what a great role. What a great episode. Gene Bell would have had a birthday this week. Happy birthday to Gene. And that, guys, is it for our remembrances. What a wall of talent we have just gone through. Eight members of our community who have gone before us. But there are still those who are with us. Right, Charles? Passing that birthday yep. candle to you, brother.
4: All right. Let's start off with Harry Shroom, Jr. He's a Costa Rican actor who voiced... Rhoda in Star Trek Lower Decks, third season episode of Mathematically Perfect Redemption. One of his major roles that he's known for in another series is Mike Chang in the series Glee. War hit played Gazago in Star Trek's Next Generation first season episode of Battle. Tom Cluence played the Danny in Star Trek Deep Space Nine series episode Man Alone. Steven Match played General Krim in Star Trek Deep Space Nine second season episode Circle and the Siege. He'd auditioned and was given serious consideration to playing the role of Jean-Luc Picard. He's well known for many classic TV series, plus One Life to Live, General Hospital, and Murder She Wrote. And the last one on my list, Dwayne Johnson, actor, producer, wrestler, well known for his ring name, The Rock, portrayed the Hendari Champion in Star Trek Voyager's sixth season episode. So, uh, Sukashi. Voyager was one of his earliest acting roles. Previously, he would do uh, most of his acting in the ring. And this was the first time he didn't play himself. I think it was the 70s show or something like that where he he did an acting role, but he was himself. This was the first time he'd actually played a somebody not him which led to other roles and made him a more rounded – an actor people were willing to hire, including series like Fast and Furious and Jumanji. You know, so, Charles, say- I always
1: – I was going to say, I always wondered if Star Trek was the only time that he ever had to wear um, like prosthetic makeup because he had a forehead bump, right, in classic Star Trek style, and I wasn't sure, sure if he had did. another role like that or not.
4: I didn't really check to see if he'd had any other sci-fi roles. But this was the first time he actually didn't have to play Dwayne Johnson or The Rock. And that gave gave cred to him to being a serious actor. And got him more roles after that. Now I'm going to take this candle, which was kind of low-burning from when Eric handed it to me with so many birthdays and pass it on to
5: Paul. All right, man. I better not burn the ends of my fingers, Charles. I be- best be yeah. careful. We've well, we got all kinds of folks uh, that we're celebrating this week. I'd like, first of all, to give a big happy birthday to actor Charles Seal, a New York actor, but really made his uh, bones in a whole number of different westerns. We're acknowledging him because he played Ed the Bartender in the original series episode Spectre of the Gun which we've been talking a lot about recently. We were chatting about that last week, the whole um, uh, gunfight at the OK Corral thing. However, sharp-eyed sci-fi aficionados will also recognize Charles Seal playing a very similar role in the classic Michael Crichton version of Westworld, the one and only, I think. <laughs> so always shows up in all kinds of great uh, Westerns uh, throughout time and uh, Gunsmoke uh the Spielberg picture duel he did a lot of great stuff. So Charles seal, I hope you're having a uh, excellent birthday. The kind of which you deserve, sir. So all the best to you. Happy birthday. Also goes out to actor, Paul Guilfoyle. Who, who like, how is Paul Guilfoyle associated with star Trek? You may be saying, because this is a character actor who's been in tons and tons of different things. He's been in air force one. He's been in LA confidential. He's been in primary colors. He's in, in tons and tons of things. Uh, frequent, Uh, TV uh, personality on shows like CSI, etc. We're acknowledging though his portrayal from Star Trek Discovery where he was in those third season episodes, Terra Firma, part one and part two where he played the mysterious character of Carl, who we later found out was uh, in reality an embodiment of uh, the Guardian of Forever. So an unusual character role for Paul Guilfoyle but uh, uh, his casting, it was really interesting because he just sort of plays this deceptively charming, non-threatening looking older man. And you're like, oh, he must be like maybe a member of the continuum or something. But uh, very, very cool. Definitely somebody you do not forget seeing on screen. A great character actor who's done a bunch of cool things. Right next to Paul, we have another birthday we're celebrating this week. The phenomenal uh, high wattage Kirsten Dunst who uh, go back to Star Trek Next Generation Season 7, was in the episode Dark Page. I, mean, I don't think there's any needing to <laughs> remind folks who Kirsten Dunst is. She's been in Interview with a Vampire. She's been in Little Women, uh, the original uh, Sam Raimi Spider-Man, and a fascinating movie that's kind of sci-fi. If you've not seen it, uh, it's worth checking out the uh, Lars von Trier picture, uh, Melancholia. Uh, she was in that uh Several years ago, really, really interesting about a planet threatening to collide with our own. So very cool and always uh, phenomenal uh, to watch this actress work. She is just uh, dynamite, uh, scintillating and super talented, brings a lot of energy and uh, mysterious uh ambiguity to her roles you're never really quite sure where kirsten dunn's character is going to end up so i think it's a a heck of a skill very good happy birthday to you friend and finally for me this one's really interesting because it's not everybody who's got a foot in two generations worth of star trek at least in the real world and so we're going to celebrate actor brian tochi Today, Happy birthday, Brian Tosche, because you played the role of Ray Sing Cao in the third season episode, All the Children Shall Lead, one of the young people in that episode, and that got you started in Star Trek way early, but then, nearly a quarter of a century later, you showed up in the Next Gen episode for the fourth season, Night Terrors. You played the role of Ensign Lin. So one of the few actors who can really say that you were in uh, foundational early days Star Trek, as well as its uh, uh, descendant iteration. So Brian Tochi, happy birthday to you and all of our other Star Trek luminaries who we are celebrating having these uh, late April, early May birthdays this week. Hope you're having a great time wherever you may be, and I'll pass that uh, great big dollop of frosting over to Uncle Jim. Well, ba- back to Brian for a second. Two things to
2: mention about him. If you're old, like me, you might also oh, remember I am. him. Then you must remember him from Police Academy. He was in those movies as well. Uh, but I,
5: I'm happy to say I managed to miss all those, Jim, I've, very consciously. <laughs>
2: Well, there's all seven of <laughs> them, you can catch them somewhere. Um, yeah, um, I would drive you know, in the other I,
5: direction real quickly.
2: Okay. Seven? I More importantly, he is making an appearance this weekend at Saratoga Comic-Con in Saratoga Springs, oh, nice. New York. So if you're in I the think area... He's,
5: hasn't he also done like some Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles pictures? I think yeah, he did I, those I as think well. He was, uh, I think he was rocking I'm Yale. almost positive he did.
2: In the original uh, movie, he was one of the turtles, was, yes.
1: Yeah, he was Leonardo, yep.
2: Leonardo, wow. yep. So Very cool. You, can, you can head over
1: to Saratoga Springs, New York,
2: and meet him at Saratoga Comic-Con, which is pretty cool. Uh, I don't have a and lot of... And when is that con, on. Jim? That's uh, Saturday and Sunday,
5: actually. This coming?
2: This weekend, And is that the yes. same
5: time? I was trying to remember when Trek Long Island is. Is that this weekend as well? No, that's
2: the 20th and the 21st.
5: Got it. Okay. So I, folks I can go to, to both those to. cons. That's pretty sweet. I, Brian I was told going you he was to. also
1: on Batman Beyond. Batman Beyond? He's <laughs> been a lot of <laughs> I'm just. So
0: saying. I don't
2: have, like if you want I don't have as stuff. many birthdays. I don't have a lot, but I've got some good, good, good ones. I want to start off by saying happy birthday to Eric Alvarez, who played uh, Birdian. Star Trek Picard's first season episode, Absolute Candor. He's the Romulan uh, that lost his head when uh, Elnor said choose to live and he chose to die, and that was
1: that. Uh, There's a bit of a theme of decapitation in Picard, isn't there?
2: Only on Wednesdays. Only on Wednesdays. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I wish I could have given this next one. To Eric, but unfortunately I can't because Eric only does remembrances. So, fortunately.
3: Fortunately. Uh, very <laughs> fortunately, Very
2: so, uh, We're sending out a huge happy birthday to the one, the only, Kate Mulgrew, who most people will know as Red from Orange is a New Black, or uh, maybe you saw her um, in a little show called Star Trek Voyager where she played uh, Captain Janeway. Uh, most recently, you might see her on Star Trek Prodigy, where she plays a dual role, Admiral Janeway and Hologram Janeway. But, um, and she, she's been all around. I remember her from Remo Williams, The Adventure Begins.
5: Oh, also yeah. Oh, dude, Mrs. Columbo. Mrs. Columbo. Yeah, Mrs., that's
1: the one that oh. I remember her from, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah
5: 1979, mean, man. That's going way back. She's got jobs.
2: Yeah, she's been around. She's been in a lot of stuff, and... Uh, We wish her a very, very happy birthday.
6: We love Uh, you. Next,
2: I I always do the Klingons last. This isn't a big Klingon, but it's a Klingon, so he fits. We want to say happy birthday to Ron Canada. Uh, He appeared on Star Trek a couple of times. He appeared as Martin Bemback in the TNG fifth season episode, Masterpiece Society. He also appeared as Fesk in Voyager's fifth season episode, The Juggernaut. But I'm remembering him because he, he played the Klingon Chapak in the DS9 fourth season episode, Rules of Engagement. So, kapla, May you die well to Ron Canada. But I believe Ron Canada also was in uh, Firefly, if I remember correctly.
5: Um, he was ah. the pretty. Well, if he did it, no, that was that's that's a no, different, different character, guy. Different, actor, different guy, different yeah, actor, different another another African yeah. American actor. Though so I'm noticing, Jim, you omitted his Orville appearance. That, yeah, he sure did.
4: Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a strange. Did. He did that on purpose. Wow. Now, why would you do yeah.
5: that?
2: That wasn't an accident. <laughs>
5: all right, man. I just I just like to make sure I understand what's going on, right? get no, no, no. confused. Just, you and I are the it, oldest guys here. We have to keep each other's, you know, settled. You're thinking yeah. of Ron Glass. Yeah, you know, uh, well, that's, that's the actor Ron, Ron, you're thinking Ron, about. Yeah, but, yeah, but, easy but to I confuse do. the same first name.
1: But Ron yeah. Canada played Admiral Tucker in the Orville, and he did a great job. Thank you very much. Uh, At <laughs>
0: <laughs> two, Brute.
1: At two, you have done him well, sir
0: So
2: <laughs> oh. I always do the i always say that last and this is way, 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 way back when I first started this podcast. Um, I was going through co-hosts like I changed my underwear. I just couldn't keep anyone. I don't know why. Maybe it's I don't know. I'm long on the tooth. Maybe it's my bad breath. I don't know what it is, but I couldn't keep any co-host. After Ken decided to leave, I just couldn't keep anybody. And then I want to say about five years ago, uh, I got my first co-host to join me and he's been with me ever since then he's my longest running co-host and if it wasn't for him i don't think truck talking would be here as it is today in this current assemblage that we have and so i just want to send out a super duper really special birthday to the one and only charles sub commander charles and uh, yeah and because he's so special to us that means he doesn't get warf. Oh no 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 no. He's so special that he gets weird
1: owl Well,
4: well punk in the alley and he's looking for a fight.
1: There's an Arab on the corner buying everything inside. There's a mother in the ghetto with another now for feed. Seems that everywhere you look today there's misery and greed. I guess you know the earth is gonna crash into the sun, but that's the no reason why we shouldn't have a little fun. So where do you think it's scary if it's
2: So it's a little belated, but happy birthday, Charles!
4: Oh, thank you very much.
2: You got to share. You got to share the day with with Kate Mulgrew. What more could you ask for?
4: Oh, very worthy of sharing with her. So, Especially if you ever get yeah. the chance, fans. You ought to read her bio- ought to read the biography of uh, Captain Janeway. Does include her prodigy years, but it's a very good, very good book.
2: And it's got some good pictures in it, too, if you buy the physical book. The uh, Kindle one doesn't have the pictures, but the physical book does, which is pretty cool. Well, guys, uh, this is the part of the show where normally we would go into our episode review, but we don't have that this week. But we do have a special guest in the studio, and we are going to be talking with um, – before we do that, though, we do have a caller. And I want to get him on the line before we get too far into the show. If I can get this thing to work, sometimes sometimes the gremlins don't want to do what I want them to do. There we go. Hello, good evening. Thank you for calling Trek Talk. And what's your name and where you calling us from tonight? Uh, blah, blah, blah,
4: You, you, you talking about the, uh, 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 the, the gremlins? The
2: gremlins. Hey, Ray, how you doing, buddy? Hey, Ray. Yo,
4: my brothers. How you guys doing today?
2: Hey, we're doing pretty good. Ray, right, Do you have access
4: to Facebook
2: by chance? Of course I want, I want you to do me a favor I want you to go to our Facebook page uh, Trek Talking and Beyond Or you can go to www.trektalking.com And I want you to send me a message With your address Because I have a Blu-ray copy Of Strange New World Season 1 That I want to give to you For being such a good fan And a regular caller to the show How does that sound?
0: Well, Are you serious?
2: I I'm very serious, absolutely. All right,
6: wait a minute, wait a minute. Hold on, this whole woman, I say, this whole woman. Because if you don't you leave, leave him
5: a message, he's gonna have to walk to you and that's
6: a long way from to Vermont say, to
5: the Bronx, I mean, man. Mean, I don't Jim's not up heart
0: heart for
1: it.
2: No, I'm serious, right? I'm dead I'm as I'm as serious as a heart attack, right? I mean, please right now, right now, please.
3: Please. <laughs>
4: I'm very serious. Oh, said, my wife knows this more than I do. Eva, they go
0: give me the They go give me the DVD. Please. Please. They're gonna give me the DVD. Yes, please. Yeah, please. Oh, oh, oh. Jim? Yeah. Jim, okay, Jim, this is my wife Eva. I said I don't know how how to do it. Do what?
2: The, the, the okay. duty, play, the duty. How you
0: doing,
2: Eva? Hi. Hi. I'm I'm gonna give I'm gonna give Ray a a Blu-ray copy of Star Trek: Strange New World season one. Okay. Because he's such a a, a, a good fan and a faithful caller, it's kind of it's our way of saying thank you. But I need I need him okay. to head or you to head over to our Facebook page and uh, shoot me a message with your address so I can drop it in the mail for you.
0: Okay. You have.
2: First you have to get on so your Facebook just, account. So just go to trektalking.com.
0: Wait, wait, he it's Facebook yep,
2: And you'll find us there.
6: You got it? Yeah, yep. yeah. on no Facebook.
2: Okay. Click yep, onto where know?
6: now?
2: You can go to Trektalking and Beyond. Okay. And uh, just shoot me a message with your address.
6: Listen. Go here. Yep. Go to go to search and then you go yep. put in the and
2: site that he has and beyond. Yep. Okay, hold on. And, and and you don't you don't have you can you don't have to do it right now, Ray. You can do it any time. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna send it to you. It's not a problem at all. And I, I will drop that in the mail to you. It's our way of saying thank you.
6: You do, you do uh, watch your time, your girl, I don't want right? use this phone. Okay, search right here, see? You put in search, and you're going to type yep. in
2: Trek uh, Talking what you say? and Beyond. Uh, yep, Trek talking. talking and Beyond. Yep.
6: Oh, Trek. Okay, go slow with me here. Trek, Trek, T-R-E-K, T-A-L-K. oh,
2: K. See, check yep. Talking, T-A-L,
4: K,
3: Trek Talking. You're going to press on check, check talking. <laughs> okay? Yep.
0: Okay. And then you said do what?
2: And then send me, Take just a, click on the, on the message and send me a message with your address.
6: Okay. So send the message. So I'm going to press on follow. Follow. Yep. Okay. And then you're going to press message. Then yep. you're going to send him a message with your address in your name. The message is your address in Okay, in your name. Please. Yep. That's it. That's address, that simple.
0: Name
6: and then
0: send. Yep. Right? Yep. Okay. No I sent you nothing. Just just address and name,
2: right? Yep, because I, I know who I know who Ray is. We talk to him all the time. Okay. All right. Well right. so thank you. Thank you so much for being such a good fan. Ray, we appreciate it.
0: Oh, okay. Um, and really a happy here. birthday.
2: Who? Yep. Happy birthday. That's it. Right. So keep an eye out, Ray. It'll, it'll be coming in the mail in a couple of days. No
6: problem. Thank
2: you. I will right, we'll get that right out thank to you.
6: you. All right. Thank, thank you. you so much,
2: Ray. You have a great night, buddy.
6: You too. Thank you very much for everything.
2: All right. Thanks for calling. Bye-bye. See
6: you,
2: Ray. Bye. All right, guys. That was Ray in the Bronx, and he just won a copy of Star Trek Strange New Worlds Blu-ray Season 1 just for being a fan of our page and calling the show. And that, that could be any one of you guys, by the way. Uh, you just got to let your fingers do the walk-in and call track. That's all it takes. All right, guys. Well, now we're going to have some fun. We're going to be uh, talking with Andy Bray. He's with us in the studio. He's live, and uh, Mr. Chekhov will be joining us a little bit later as well. But before we do that, though, there is one little clip that I want to play for you guys. Um, that we like to play anytime that um, Andy is on the podcast. So if you guys have any questions for Andy, give us a call, 646-668-2433, and we'll get you right on, right? Very important message.
3: You guys done cleaning your room yet? Oh, my God. Hey, you guys are playing Star Trek. Cool. You know, I, I used to be in Star Trek.
0: Really?
3: Well, I mean... I mean, not really yeah, not. kind of, kind of. <laughs> well, it, it looked like something, it just wasn't,
6: not really. Were you or weren't you?
3: I was, just, you now not real, Star Trek.
6: <laughs>
3: No, well, yeah, but we had real sets, real costumes, amazing special effects from Emmy Award winner Doug Drexler, and makeup by Oscar winner Kevin Haney, And an original screenplay by legendary Star Trek writer, D.C. Fontana. Okay, well, you'll appreciate those names when you get older. The point is, we had a perfect recreation of the original Star Trek series if it had been renewed for a fourth season, with Emmy winners, Oscar winners, Trekkies, an Elvis impersonator, and Walter Caney. The original check himself, Walter Caney. On TV? No, not on TV. It was a web series before anyone even knew or cared about what that was. But we had DVDs. You just carry that with you? We got the real check off to be in our episode. Look, look at this. I got pictures. See there's me. There's Walter Koenig, Star Trek's check-off. He even wrote something to me. To Andy. To you I hand the torch, be it yours to hold it high. Bet he doesn't just write that to anybody, huh? And look at those uniforms. Real
6: legit looking. Makeup. Huh? You? Yeah, I played Chekhov. Y- young Chekhov. You
4: look like David Jones.
3: How do you even have that reference on standby? You know what? Never mind. The point is, I was in Star Trek. Fake Star Trek. Sort of Star Trek? Fake Star Trek. Yeah, but like with lots of real Star Trek people in it, so probably closer to real Star Trek than fake Star Trek. Dad, I'm
4: kind of busy here. Huh? What are you doing, Dad?
3: Huh? I could do the voice. That always impressed people. This is Fred. Ensign Pavel Chekhov, USS Enterprise. This is getting very Russian. I'm going to
4: tell Mom you're holding on
3: to past glories again. Look, I wrote a book about it. It's called Making Fake Star Trek. Yeah, fake. It's a funny memoir about making a Star Trek fan film with Walter Koenig, the real Chekhov. It's about a Trekkie's dream come true, gone horribly wrong. Huh? Sad. Here, I'll just leave this with you.
6: Me I don't care, Dad.
3: Just, you know, just mind the curse words. Curse words? Wait, no, don't be excited about that. Give me that.
0: Give me, give me. <laughs>
3: Making Fake Star Trek, a book by Andy Bray and John Lim. You can order it now on Amazon in paperback or Kindle. No, you can't have it. Buy, Buy it on, on Amazon,
6: Amazon today. today.
3: Uh, Okay, guys, that was
2: making fake Star Trek by the one and only Andy Bray, who happens to be right here, right now, live with us. If you'd like to have a question for him, give us a call, 646-668-2433, and we'll get you on the air
3: right now. So, Andy, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. First thing I want to say is, Paul, I don't know if I've been on with you before, but I feel like I'm chatting with Alan Alda. Have you gotten that before? <laughs> no, man.
5: No, I don't think we've met either, brother, but no, I don't think Alan Alda. Yeah, I don't know, but uh,
3: yeah. Yeah, I feel like I'm in mean, an episode of MASH right maybe, now. Uh, maybe Elliot maybe yeah, Gould
5: or something. <laughs> there you go. <laughs>
3: I feel no. like when yeah, Chekhov yeah. pops on later, you can you can start doing some some uh, Alan Alda mash lines, and Chekhov will do his lines, and it'll be like the <laughs> mash. Star we'll do a
5: mash-up, mashup, man. We'll do, we'll do like a, a When Worlds there. Collide, right? If uh, Time Warp exactly. had sent uh, Chekhov and Sulu back to uh, the 4077th, and we'll just, you know. Yeah. Uh, we'll Help get Eric really hopped warm. up, and he could be Frank Burns, right? He can be, you know, very I uptight. Right, that. Eric? Come on. <laughs> you could do that. What's wrong with you? <laughs>
4: We don't uh, have a hot-lip Tula like...
5: hand though, so the whole premise is kind of screwy. But uh...
3: <laughs> we'll make it work. It'll Andy. Be like a, a TV guy, bad Libs episode of Truck Time. <laughs> <laughs>
5: Excellent. If we, you know, when the the Mash thing doesn't work, we'll just switch to another another franchise. We'll you know pick something hey, out. Yeah. You know, uh, you know. I think if I, you know, uh, we can. I can do a good Telly Savalas if need be. So. <laughs> You oh, can always nice. do that, right? Yeah. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's great to meet you, man. You're you're a, a legend around here for
3: sure. Ah, oh, thank you, thank you. Yeah, it's great to be back <laughs> on, and it's great to, to get to chat with you. And yeah, so when I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that's
5: this, your real uh, daughter, right? Uh, From that clip, is that
3: right? My son. Yeah, he's just at that age where it, it could go either way.
5: <laughs> well, yeah, you never know. These days, who knows?
3: <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious, man! Yeah, he is hysterical. That is some funny stuff. V. V. Jude from Star Trek. dot com. He ended that's up right. doing. A, they 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 spotted him at a convention and had him answer some questions about Star Trek, and they were impressed with his knowledge of Star Trek. And then when I wrote an article for Star Trek. dot com later. How to raise a Star Trek fan, and I, I had pictures of Jude <laughs> and mentioned Jude, and they they were like, "Wait a second, are you Jude's dad?" Which was weird coming from Star Trek .com that they knew who my son was. <laughs> it's like, "Yes, I'm Jude's dad." And they said, "Oh, we loved him at the convention," and then they brought him in to do uh, uh, to review Star Trek Picard, the first two episodes of Star Trek Picard, and then to do he got to do a painting with with Isa uh, no way! Oh, that's so cool,
5: man. That's great. Yeah.
3: yeah, it was really cool. He was. Uh, they they brought him. We went down to Santa Monica to the uh, uh, hidden secret hideout um, headquarters, which is so cool. They have like a Star Wars pinball machine or Star Wars arcade game, but they have a Star Trek motion picture pinball machine. They've got this big Star Trek mural. They've got all sorts of like Star Trek. They've got that Spock a helmet with the light on. Uh, which they had Jude wear. So they're all like fans. We were in the writer's room. They said, hey, can you just not look at the big whiteboard with all the plot details (laughs) of Star Trek (laughs) Discovery Season (laughs) 4? Wow. Behind the curtain, man. Behind the curtain. Yeah, I know. It was really cool. And then he got to watch some Star Trek Picard in the editing bay. We saw it like the week before it came out. Uh, and And then, yeah, Issa came over. And then he got to do some painting with her she was just amazing. She was so great. That's
5: awesome. Listen, man, of course, whenever we have a, especially, you know, if it's somebody I've never met, right. We have somebody on the show. We always like, you know, immediately like, you know, creep on their IMDb page. Right. And like about 20 <laughs> minutes ago, we were talking about Kirsten Dunst and I'm like going, wait a second, boy carrying tray in cafeteria for uh, Spider-Man. What can you tell me about yeah.
3: this? I can tell you, so I've got some fun stories about that, that I actually show up in that movie for the longest time. I thought, no, I don't show up in that movie. Then my parents spotted me as he, as Toby Maguire's running out of the cafeteria, I'm standing there holding a tray, just watching him run out. It was one of the first things I did when I moved out to Hollywood. I did a bunch of extra background acting and that was one of the things. And, and some quick, cool stories about that was we shot it at a high school on location, And it was like an all-day, all-night thing. The first thing I remember is showing up, like all the line of extras showing up to go into the high school and the actual high school kids, like, looking us up and down and saying, you guys look (laughs) old. You guys don't look like high school kids. And me thinking, like, hey, I'm 18. I I just moved out here. I was high school, like, last year. Give me a break. You're old enough to be my dad. And it was it was like they, they they shot we shot so long in that cafeteria that they brought in these massive big Hollywood industrial lights to shine through the cafeteria windows because we were shooting well into nighttime. And so they it, it looks like daytime on the film in the film, but it's actually way into nighttime. We were going way late. And I think one of the reasons was we were all just sitting around in the cafeteria waiting while Toby McGuire was trying to catch all that stuff on the tray and they were just doing take after take after take and for anyone who doesn't know I didn't get to see the filming of that scene but it they did I think a hundred and something takes so that he he catches all those things for real on the tray like he, he slides oh and he God. falls and because he's got fighter instincts suddenly he's catching his milk and his apple and his, his plate and he they just kept doing that take after take until they got it. And meanwhile, we're all sitting in the cafeteria wondering what the hell is taking so long? Why is this? Why are we still sitting here? What what are they filming? I only found that out later, but while we were waiting, Kirsten Dunst was sitting right there with us waiting and, and she's, she was sweet and she was nice and she had an orange and she started carving her orange and everyone's just kind of, you know, we're bored out to tears. So we're all kind (laughs) of looking at her wondering what she's doing with her orange and she's carving the orange in the shape of a person, of a man, and at the top of the orange. And anyone who's peeled an orange knows that when you peel off an orange, there's a bit of a stem left, carved it in the shape of a man with his crotch placed right over (laughs) the stem so that when she pulled the little man off, he was excited to see everybody.
5: Wow, that skill is not on Kirsten Dunst's IMDb page. That- <laughs> it's not. I was impressed. I was like,
3: holy crap, how have I gone through 18 at that time, 18 years of life, and not learned how to do that?
5: And wow, wow, that's, that's, that's great. a that round
3: of applause and a, a cafeteria full of laughter.
5: Well, she's never not been popular, and that may be why. So, I mean, that's that's fantastic. <laughs> what a great picture, though, to land when you just moved to Hollywood and you're looking to pick up roles and stuff. I mean, man, that's a that's a get. Yeah, that's that's something to cool brag about talk. forever. What a great picture.
3: Yeah, I still impress people with that one. Uh, I, I'm I'm in Tennessee right now, going back to school to become a, a drama teacher. And my classmates, they found that I was in Spider Man. The, the original, as we call it now, Spider-Man, and they were so impressed. I, I definitely earned some brownie points with my with my college chums. Oh,
5: man, you're doing the best work ever being a drama teacher, I think. I mean, it's uh, – uh, drama teachers were a huge uh, – I always blame those people for basically, you know, getting me on a good life trajectory when I was, you know, in, in high school because <laughs> – those are those that's important job, I I think, in terms of like you because you're really yeah. showing people well, that, that you know, you're, you're discovering yeah. talent for the future. Right.
3: Exactly. Now, I wanted to do some sort of career to support the family, but something that I could enjoy and something, uh, you know, connected to acting. and And this way, yeah, I can I can start training the next generation of, of Star Trek actors.
5: You'll always go to you'll always go to work happy, brother. That's what I predict from from having that gig, because exactly. you're, you're around <laughs> exactly. so many young people, yeah, getting that. getting permission to use their imagination. What better job is there than that? That's fantastic. Yeah, no, no,
3: I want to. Say you, brother. what really excites me about that is to be able to inspire people to love acting and to love theater as much as I do.
4: Well, very good. What is, is your goal? Um, to teach high school daddy. or college?
3: It's to teach high school. I mean, I wouldn't mind teaching uh, college, and, and the college I'm going to is cool, and I, I wouldn't mind. Te- but I, I kind of want to teach high school, where uh, where they're younger and they're still waiting. You know, they're putty yes. waiting to be molded and shaped. You know.
4: Oh, some <laughs> of the productions you can do on those on those stages are fabulous.
3: Well, I've already thought of doing, and I don't think I'd ever get permission to do it. But but Spock's brain. For those of you who know me, I did Paramount <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Pictures produced Spock's brain episode yeah. on the impromptu stage. That's how I got into the the fan film that Walter brought me into Walter Kennedy. and that's how I started playing Chekhov with Sue screen. I thought that would be fun to do that.
4: You know, Clue.
3: I would love to do Clue, the stage play.
4: You want to? uh, You
2: want to tell us about your latest Trek sketch, The Worst Contact?
3: Yes. Yes. So this was actually the first one I ever wrote. When when I first decided to start doing Trek sketches, uh, it was first contact day, probably 2020, first contact day 2020, in the midst of the pandemic. And uh, I woke up one day and I was like, I should do something for first contact day. And, and then while I was taking a shower, this the whole plot just kind of played out in my head of these two bumpkins kind of witnessing first contact and not being impressed at all by the, the lack of, of – uh, uh alien-ness of the aliens. You know, here's UFOs landing on Earth for the first time ever, and they look just like us, the Vulcans. They look just like us. And and the sketch kind of played out in my head, and I thought, oh, that would be so much fun to shoot. But it was already first contact day at that point, and I, I wouldn't have had time to write it and shoot it and edit it and put it out. I ended up, I think, on that day just putting out a picture of me superimposed in front of a bunch of in the first contact crowd holding a welcome Vulcan sign. But I wrote down the idea, and it was always intended that I would film it eventually to, to be released on first contact day. And then I ended up doing the other Trek sketches, the Becoming checkoff, and the, the Klingon Vacation and all the other ones, waiting for an opportunity to film this one so that I could release it on first contact day. And it's it finally this year. It's finally timed out so that I could actually do that. I did it on my spring break. I recorded it and edited it. So that it actually, I could release it on first contact date. But yeah, this is the first one I wrote, and it's essentially two country bumpkins in in, uh, Montana witnessing first contact and and being less than impressed uh, with the Vulcans, and then kind of messing things up for humanity.
2: And here it is, guys. I ripped the audio. You guys can go on YouTube and actually watch the video. So I just ripped off the audio, and uh, here it is: Andy Bray's Trek sketches. Worst contact. Enjoy.
0: <laughs>
3: I swear to God, Bob Jr., dear, dear, I'm going to be pissed you got me out of bed for some lame-ass Neil deGrasse Tyson, Meteor Shower. You mean you ain't heard yet, bud? Dr. Coffin Phoenix made the war cry. You mean some fool gave that tall drunk at the bar a rocket? Plus, now we got aliens landing. Time out. Did you just say aliens? You mean to tell me that that lanky fool let them straight to us? He said they're coming to make first contact with us. What? That sounds preverse. This first contact code for program, because I don't care how many light years they traveled. Ain't nobody going near my butthole. I think a first contact more sorta. Mate and greet. With photo ops. Don't be so naive, BJJ. Ain't nobody travels interstellar distances for a damn handshake. No.
6: They are here for
3: one reason and one reason only. To put hands on damn butts. Oh dear. The wise, poor old, unoffended Montana rancher. Rancher? I ain't never seen a damn cow around here, have you? Not everybody in Montana's a rancher. Watch too much damn Yellowstone. It ain't my fault. Them's the only shows on Paramount Plus (sighs) anymore. ranchers. Well, if we ain't ranchers, what are we? Hell if I know! Probably unemployed! This damn town don't got nothing in it but a bar and a missile silo. These damn aliens came all the way to Earth just to land in a Jeff Foxworthy joke. It's alien life it really do stir the imagination, don't it? Strange new life forms, the likes of which we ain't never seen before. Maybe orange creatures with three arms, ten feet tall, or maybe made of silicone. Implants? You're in the wrong town for that, muchachos! Oh,
0: Lord,
3: here comes their ship. That? That looks like the damn gumdrop castle from Candyland. Ah, what well, happened to the good old-fashioned phallic-shaped rocks of my youth? You and I had very different childhoods. Yep, Mom kicked ass. And yours was sad and weird. God. Damn, Junior, Junior, I can't see anything. I got Dr. Lurch Cochran standing right in front of me. What do they look like? Close encounter aliens? No. The Dark Skies aliens? Uh-uh. The X-Files aliens? Ain't those all the same aliens? They got subtle differences. God damn! with the sudden onslaught of xenophobia. Xenophobia? Is that the irrational fear of Lucy Lawless? Would you spill it already, BJJ? What do they look like? Don't know. They got robes on. Are you telling me we got mother and Grogon Jin landed up in here? Well, now, not necessarily. Damn it, BJJ! Robes and space equals Jedi! Well, according to Hodgkin's Law of Parallel Planetary Fashion Development, it's possible for a number of first fashion trends to develop on alien planets. Personally, I was looking forward to some full-frontal alien nudity. Lock out. What about their bodies? They got freaky xenomorph snouts or three boobs? Hmm. Cause it, three boobs. What? Triple Jugs is normal for aliens. Watch damn movie. Hey, down in front, y'all mean some of us want to eye the spectacle. It ain't boobs. It just... They kind of look exactly like us. What? Are you telling me that an alien species that evolved on a separate planet light years away happened to look exactly like us? That's absurd! Outside of some sort of planet-seeding jacker like in Prometheus, I dare say that that is statistically impossible, amigo! Hold on. Scratch that. That ain't exactly the same. I knew it! Bring on the Alien Freak Show. They got pointed eyebrows. What, like Eugene Levy? No, he's got bushy eyebrows, like two caterpillars kissing. These fellas, they got eyebrows that go up, like they peeved about something. They're probably pissed that we look just like them. It's hella awkward. They also got pointed ears, like... Freaky Ninja Star ears Not exactly. They're like ours. Jesus, Hollywood Christ. But they go up slightly at the top, like Legolas from Lord of the Rings. We got goddamn space elves loitering in our woods. And? Freaky deaky lizard dogs. Uh-uh. They all got their hair cut like Mo from the Three Stooges. Are you telling me we're about to get anal probe by... Face stooges, weak. Hey, compadres, I grew out of bowl cuts when I was five. Oh, lordy, now the main one's doing something weird with his hands. See, I effing told you probing was on a damn agenda. No, he's just holding his hand up. Like this. Oh, sweet baby blue jeans. They're flashing gang signs up in here. This shit just got real. We're in a mother effing Turk war. Now, hold on, Buck. Could you be their way of saying hello? Yo, Cochrane, that space dude just made fun of your goofy future hat.
6: <laughs> oh, damn. Lordy,
3: Cochran shot him. Now everybody's looting the ship. Serves them right. The flashing gang signs And for not locking their doors or bolting down their equipment. Well, I guess we can kiss the theme park goodbye. Cause we're in the mirror universe now. Well, sh**. I guess that's my bad. The hell? When in Rome, you stay here, buddy? I'll eat you something real nice. Oh, a happy first contact day, mirror book. Mirror book?
6: What fresh new hell is that? Well,
3: now that we know what universe we're in, I... I figure it's best to lean into it. Can't even comb his goddamn hair straight, but give him a dystopian universe and somehow he thrives. He's probably been making his goopy-ass emperor. Hey, BJJ, grab me one of them Jedi robes.
2: And there you have it. Worst contact, mirror universe contact.
3: Yep, now you know how it happened. That's how the mirror Universe was formed. Two bumpkins in the Montana woods. It happens.
2: It happens all the time.
1: I always yeah. expected that yep. was the case, um, but I'm just glad to have it finally confirmed.
3: Yep, in, in a sort of canon, if anything Yo, I made was canon.
1: No, Andy Bray brain stuff is always considered canon adjacent on this podcast.
3: Good. That's that's what I figured. I just I wanted to hear you say it. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, no, no, no. We just want yeah. to make sure our listeners understand that that's the case.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is pretty much before you watch *In a Mirror, Darkly* on *Star Trek: Enterprise*. Watch this, this <laughs> short, and this is <laughs> right into it. <laughs> <laughs> oh.
4: Especially the elephant in the room, more than just
3: just the radio show version of it. Just go to YouTube. Uh, yeah. The Andy Bray TV, uh, YouTube.com/slash/TheAndyBrayTV, or, or my website, uh, theandybray.com, and, and there's links for it there, and you can see the the visual version of the radio show. Yes,
2: I, <laughs> I also posted the link on our Facebook page on First Contact Day. You can find it there too. Yes, absolutely. I'm surprised I'm surprised you didn't didn't get your son work him into there
3: somehow, is it?
2: You know? That's true. I'm gonna to have to
3: start working him. now that he's more famous than I am, I'm gonna to have to start working him into some of these these sketches. It'll help bring more uh, attention to them.
2: Absolutely. Maybe get Briónes to show up too. You never know.
3: <laughs> there you go. Yeah, tell her it's another painting gig. Yeah, Jude wants to paint another <laughs> picture with you. Come on by. Hey, Ethan, it's your
5: old painting buddy. Remember me, right?
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that should work, right? That, that's All the Hollywood people, they, they hang out and paint all the time. That's the thing. That's the scene. That's what they do. <laughs> yeah. So, Andy, we're
2: going we're gonna to talk a little bit about, now that we've all had time to digest Picard Season 3, we're going to talk a little bit about Picard Season 3.
3: Oh, good. So, I'm ready to nerd out with you guys.
2: Yeah, our overall opinion of of season three. But before we do that, uh, is Pavel available to talk about his cameo in this episode?
3: Oh, let me check. I know he's wrapping up work. Hey, Pavel, the guys want to talk to you. No, 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 put down the shovel. (laughs) You can do that later. The ship's not going anywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Over here, Pavel.
6: Trying to finish
3: up. I have to shovel so many pounds, so many pounds of coal before that. Oh, hey, guys. How's it going? Hey, Pavel. What's up? Pavel. Yeah, they still got me in the boiler room. They're really upset. Oh, I don't know when I'm getting out of there. So I'm shoveling and shoveling and shoveling. But luckily, I get breaks to come on the podcast. I don't know why that's part of my schedule, but it is.
2: Well, you know, I, I would think that with your son being the president, of the federation, that he they could cut you some slack.
3: Absolutely, Mazeltov, Pavel's a dad. I knew it would happen eventually. <laughs> Although, from what I didn't understand, this is much much later. So, man, I must have been very old when I started having kids. <laughs> well,
5: Pavel, I hate to break it to you, but uh shoveling coal is easy compared to being a parent. Okay, it's <laughs> you got the easier oh, job a, now. Really
3: really hard on me i mean if this guy is president in what 2402 then what am i 100 when i have this kid how am i going to keep up how do you play catch with someone when you're 100 years old my bones are like ash at that point he gives me one toss, and i'm going to shatter like the, the liquid terminator in terminator 2
5: well look how old john luke picard was and he just became a father not that long ago right he was what 85 uh, oh. something like that yeah, it's true. Either well, dad. So you are just totally follow his here. example, Pavel. It'll be okay.
4: Absolutely. Well,
3: look when Admiral a in... Russian invention. Yeah,
4: look, at invention. Admir- look, look at when Admiral. Look at when Admiral Bones visited Enterprise. Absolutely.
3: And I like not only my, my son President Anton Chekhov which way to go, President of the Federation. All right. That makes my genealogy tree look really nice, but not only that, but but he he quoted my quote, the the you know there are always possibilities. Very famous Chekhov quote. Nobody else ever said that. Everybody knows that started right with Pavel Chekhov. He never took it from anybody else. Very witty, famous Chekhov quote. So he he got it in that it was my quote. You all heard that right.
2: But oh, you yeah. said it in the original you said it in the original Russian though. This is this is translated.
3: Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But but if, if if any of Spock's kids ever tried to take credit for that quote, you heard President Anton Chekhov say it was his dad's quote. That's me. <laughs> That's you. <laughs> That's right. I'm the we one all who heard said it. it. There are always possibilities. That's right. I heard it. We all heard it. <laughs> I'm wow. hoping actually I'm hoping I'm still alive in twenty four oh two or oh three or 01, One of those ones. Um, and I'll be like, you know, hanging out at the at the presidential palace or I don't know where they where it is in the future. Is it Eiffel Tower? Do they have like a palace at the top of it? And I'll be like, you know, just the, the, the sitcom dad, you know, the stuff my, my presidential dad says. And I'll just be hanging out as Anton's trying to do his work, you know, just smoking a cigar, getting into trouble, you know, shenanigans.
1: Well, you know, Pavel, I mean, uh, we got to see in Next Generation, uh, one of your, you know, one of your friends there, Dr. McCoy, was 137 years old. I understand that you're only going to be around, you know, 157 or so in the year, 2402, so you should be doing okay at that point, wouldn't you? Yeah, I drink a couple
3: protein shakes shakes here and there, and you know, eat some vegetables. You know, do do push-up every once in a while. <laughs> yeah, I'll be all right, I think. Either that, or I'll be a, a head in a jar like on Futurama. But you know, I'll oh, still be around. I love that idea. Yeah, they just put me on one of the presidential <laughs> shelves. I can shout at my son as he's working. Don't sign that bill. That's awful. <laughs>
6: Oh boy. <laughs> and I imagine he
3: just feeds me by dropping some food into my jar, like like fish food or something. Did they ever establish how that works in Futurama? I don't think they ever did. I assume it's some sort of like brittle kind of fish food that floats down into my mouth as I just sitting in the jar. I don't know, I got time to figure it out. <laughs>
1: Yeah, when you're ahead in the jar you don't really have too much else to do other than talk to people. So uh hey, figuring out how to well, eat. Well who fish gets food stuck with cleaning that
5: somebody. jar? That's what I want to know. I mean at some point you know, have you oh, ever yeah. had goldfish? <laughs> you know, yeah, the water gets really disgusting no, no... I mean, really quickly. It's but, just, I don't want anything to do with that.
1: But the
0: future jar, a good
1: it's only got an in, there's no out.
5: <laughs> <laughs> oh that's now I now I'm even less <laughs> I'm even less inclined, to man. I yeah. like
6: somewhere. Is there like a small <laughs> plug,
5: Eric, at the bottom that we don't know about? And, you <laughs> know, that you just – every now and then you I just sort of plug it and the water, it, water, and water, water out, drips out, out and there's a
6: filter and whatever. We, we need a blueprint for this. We so do. long
3: as my hair still looks amazing in the jar, that's really all I care about.
6: I mean, all that I am sure –
5: your is hair some, has been like literally unchanged for what is it, 140 years now? I mean, it's yeah, just absolutely, it's you know, pristine. Uh, you know, you, how how often this week have you genes, been mistaken for Russian. Davy Jones?
3: <laughs> it, it still happens. It's in, it's crazy. It's the 23rd <laughs> century, and, and then eventually 24th century, and still, who even remembers Davy Jones? And they still compare me to him. I don't know how it happens.
5: Way more people know who you are than uh, than Davy Jones. Trust Absolutely. me. I think,
3: you know, Absolutely. You, you've got the better. You've got Everyone's the better David, agent. Come on. I've got a very good agent, and and my manager is all about the PR. <laughs> but I'm, I'm just happy that you know I've got a son. It's it's, it's very good. You know, Sulu has his daughter, and he's always bragging. Oh, Pavel,
6: I've got a daughter.
3: And for the longest time, it's like, okay,
6: we get it. That's awesome oh my. and everything. Oh I my. know,
3: he just brags and brags. You know. Kirk had a son for like two minutes, and no one else had any kids. So, you know, for the longest time, Sulu was Mr. Hot Shot with the kids. Oh, need
6: any pointers, Pavel?
3: And it's like, <laughs> shut up, guy. I mean, Having a kid is not that hard. Everyone has kids. Why not? So, oh so my now uh, my kid's the president, so suck on that, soul. <laughs> <laughs>
4: but the mother
3: was an ensign. Ooh, woo. Harry
6: Kim was an ensign.
3: Oh. You're at Harry Kim level with your daughter. My son is a president. He's going to be on effing money. <laughs> 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 True. So I'm true, just true. thrilled that I could finally,
1: you know, throw that into his face. What's <laughs> well, it's about time. It's about time. I mean, he's been riding that train for a long time.
5: Yeah, there's going to yeah. be yeah. that yeah. awkward yeah. moment where the two of you are stuck in a turbo lift at some point, and you start talking about yourself. And you're <laughs> oh, like uh, and Neither of you can get <laughs> out. Oh, and it's oh, just oh, you and you and would be like,
6: uh, uh, uh,
5: "Hold on, my my daughter's calling me. Hold on." <laughs> Oh,
6: he loves to do that, too. He's like, oh, bubble, look, I got a Father's Day card. <laughs> oh. oh, my goodness, get over it.
3: She's
5: followed my interest in botany and created a new species of plant. It's really fantastic. Oh,
3: seriously, oh, botanists are the worst.
5: Oh, oh the talking worst.
3: about their plants. Oh. I'll happily go back to the boiler room, throw the plants into the boiler. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
5: <laughs> so, Mr. Chekhov, I always wanted to ask you one question because I know you you travel through time extensively, Absolutely. and uh, and I and I know that you know you you kind of have on some of the videos I've seen that you do. You're very. Uh, self-effacing about your knowledge of russian history but i know you actually know quite a bit you know despite the Absolutely. fact you tone it down a bit can can you remind us what finally ultimately like happened with that vladimir putin guy right it seemed like he was running crazy at the the beginning of the 21st century and my history is a little rough
3: how did he finally get sorted yeah. out that guy i tell you that's a black stain on the russian history we like to brag you know we got you know. Russians invented this, and we invented Scotch, we invented you name it, you know, kick ass federation presidents. But phew, we do not get credit for for creating tiny shirtless horse riding dictators. why are not even up with that. <laughs> <laughs> These little creepy gumdrop nipples and and the, 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 the horse. The a horse, you know yeah, horse. needs an attorney. Oh and, and I don't and, even and, think he's really
5: Russian, man. He's he's probably you know what he, he's Latvian oh or Lithuanian. God. He's just he's he's you know taking care of. He looks he like one of those deserve.
3: creepy dolls you find in an attic after you've moved in, and you finally go up there to hey look what's in what's in the attic. It's, oh my god. He's, he's, like, a he's like a Hummel doll.
5: doll. He's like a Hummel yeah. doll that somebody like puts weird. <laughs> on. I mean, it's, it's oh, a, Nobody no, wants it's, to see that.
4: Oh my god! Nobody, nobody wants like to see, kind see that a Napoleon
3: complex because <laughs> I think that's insulting to Napoleon. <laughs> uh,
5: uh, well, I'm very just glad we finally got some real, you know, a real somebody who knows uh, the real thing, uh, their take on history here. Yeah, which eventually. Is
3: overdue I don't want to on... Spoiler alert! I don't want to ruin it for anyone, but eventually he gets arrested for jaywalking.
6: Who would have thought? What thought! You know, people. it's always
5: you know yeah, Al Capone. It was taxes. You know, um, yeah. uh, Putin. Yeah. Uh, You know, Putin is, Putin uh, is You know, Trump it's bestiality. These guys always get you know.
3: It's <laughs> you know, always the least thing that <laughs> maybe the most things you expect. I don't know. Oh. But Yeah, they got him. They put him in jail. And just, you like, know, right, was, everyone you know, should be like anyone?
5: you. Keep your nose clean and don't get involved in the nonsense. You've always been, you know, uh, you, you know. all the people we Except ever saw you have toilet romantic toilet toilet dalliances with on the show the were toilet very toilet. nice.
0: It's
3: very dirty don't they? Yeah. <laughs> I try to. I try to do my best. You know, I floss my teeth. I eat my vegetables. <laughs> and I... I <laughs> I, I you eat your vegetables? Wait, vegetables? I my vegetables. You eat your, your meats, you eat your, your starch, and you eat your vegetables. Yeah. Barf, it's called a balanced diet. It, right, excellent. Absolutely. I, I try to practice it. And I'm not going horse-riding shirtless, but, you know, I want to stay in shape. i got to live to be very old, apparently, see my son become president.
5: The future has lots of plans for you, clearly.
3: It does. I am really excited. I hope Sulu lives long enough to just feel, feel my presidential son crushing his ensign daughter. (laughs) Well, you know,
5: weird stuff happens and one day you're going to like, you know, go on vacation and you're going to, you know, be thinking you're going to back to see somebody, you know, visiting you haven't seen in a while and you come back for vacation and uh, your son's gonna say, I have very bad news, Dad. I ended up marrying Sulu's daughter and what happens if that happens? Then, you know, you're, oh, you're screwed. Well, you know, your have worst to put nightmare. That out
3: there? Oh, you are You're gonna be brothers in law. Okay. You're you're gonna be what is it what is it called? <laughs> oh, brothers in law when
5: when your two kids marry? Would that who you'd be with Sulu? Uh, Demora I mean?
3: Chekhov.
5: Something like Oh yeah. boy. But there's the reunion movie that we've all been waiting to see, right? (laughs) Your two kids get married, and then there's you guys are like it's it's like planes, trains, and automobiles, but it's you know shuttle starships. It sounds like a
3: sitcom The odd couple. Bathtub, yeah, I
5: think it would be great. I'd pay to see it. I mean, I would.
3: By the way, is is this Alan Alda that I'm talking to?
5: No, not at all. Not at all. Uh, he lived across oh, yeah, the street from me when we were kids. And so he l- picked up a lot of my speech patterns, right? Because, you know, he was a oh, bored kid.
6: Lucky Didn't really have a job. Yeah, yeah. Didn't really
5: have an agent. So he just, he listened to it me talk about it. worked out a
6: well lot. for him. Yeah. He, he
5: picked up a lot, you know. It's just The key is drink a lot of water all the time so your voice is still okay.
3: Ah, that's the,
5: I've been doing that
3: wrong. I've been drinking vodka.
5: Hydrate. Hydrate, check off, vodka. and you'll be fine. But no, Mr. Aldo, we, hydrate, we admire him you know, a lot. Right vodka, here. He's a good guy. I need
3: to Drink some water. <laughs> Wodka water and vegetables. Water. water, water, it's really hard <laughs> to say. <see. laughs> vegetables, vodka, water. I'm a mess. I don't know how my son, my son shed the accent, though. Did you hear that? You need a nap. You clearly
5: is. need a nap. I do. It's Sulu. He's got me all riled up. <laughs> <laughs> well, he does that <laughs> well, to people, you know. I mean, Bill Shatner, look at that. Oh, oh let's yeah. not go. There. Oh, those two, they go know, <laughs> yeah, but boy. there's a it seems not like not he doesn't get along that. with a lot of people. So I don't know what to
3: say, you know. I'm not I, I get along with everybody. I'm, I'm very, very nice, very agreeable. I mean I I talk crap behind their backs, but otherwise I get along with them. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Well, Pavel, we
2: we've enjoyed this visit. We we gotta get you back to the engine room though. We don't want you to get in trouble. And uh, we oh, really, really appreciate you so it. Often, awesome. yeah. Congratulations on the son becoming president. Thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I
3: can't wait for all the kickbacks I'm going to receive. I mean, it's got to have its benefits, right? I mean, I well, that's true. At he's not paying taxes for a few years. I mean, once you become 157, you should probably stop paying taxes anyways. I mean, yeah. haven't you paid enough at that point? Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> you shouldn't really have to do anything. You shouldn't have to breathe for yourself at that point.
3: Especially when you're just no. a head in a jar. How much room are you taking up that you have to be paying
6: taxes? It seems unfair. It does. Hey, Pablo. All right,
3: I'll get back to the boiler room. Yes, yes.
6: I'm just curious, are you trying to uh, beat Yoda in age here, or? I would love to, but man, oh man. Look at what he looks like. What, is he 900 years
3: old? I'm afraid of what I'll look like when I'm 900. I'll look like a raisin. size of a raisin. Just a tiny little raisin. A raisin with perfectly cropped dark hair. (laughs) Absolutely. Perfect hair. I better not be compared to Davy Jones once I'm a, I'm a raisin, though, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> old maybe I maybe Kirk Douglas. I better be out of shadow. <laughs> so Kirk Douglas, I'll take that.
2: <laughs> well, <Nice rip. laughs> thank you so much for hanging out and chatting with us, Pavel. We we really appreciate it. <laughs> you know,
3: get oh, so time cool. from
0: your busy
2: schedule of floating in the jar. <laughs>
3: Yeah, now I got to get back to putting coal in the engine because apparently that's a thing. Uh, well, <laughs> a century.
5: No sense well job security is great to have, so, you know. it's. Uh, yeah.
3: I know. I can't complain. <laughs> <think I can't. laughs> uh, you guys take it easy. I'll talk to you later. Take
5: it All easy. All right. Pavel. Live long and prosper, Pavel.
3: Bye,
4: guys.
5: <laughs> Who the hell
2: was that guy? <laughs> back in the room with you. <laughs>
5: wow there's a lot of people that work on this show i've never met it's crazy yeah
1: i
2: only yeah, see
5: well.
1: walter kidding's face when i hear that voice i only see that i know it's funny isn't it
2: <laughs> it is funny
1: it's, and, and you know
2: you <laughs> know what's even funnier he he, uh, he filmed those episodes up at ticonderoga
0: hmm.
2: uh, At Ticonderoga actually I mean, uh check. not the location where they are now, but I believe the, the sets were moved there. They were in a gas station or a car I think it was a gas station. Yeah, in it, it? uh
3: yeah, they were in a gas it was like a car dealer, gas station. It was a really small building, but it had like a display room. So it was kind of a a, a dealership slash auto repair. God only knows. In Port Henry, which is about thirty miles from top yeah, with, with orange shag carpets and wood paneling walls. I mean, it was a relic. And that's that's where we filmed those episodes. I mean, it, it looked like a joke from the outside, but once you got onto those sets, man, that was amazing.
2: Yeah, it makes it makes actually makes Ticonderoga, where the set tour is now, look like New York City.
3: That's the difference. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So. And when we were filming Port Henry, we had. Two restaurants, a Chinese food place and an Italian food place, and that was it. And we had a grocery store one year, and the next year it was closed. And so it was—it really was like in the middle of nowhere. So Ticonderoga is absolutely New York City compared to, to Port Henry.
2: Yeah, it is. It's it really is. But so we're gonna—we want to talk a little bit about Picard season three. Did
3: you get a chance to watch it
2: all the episodes?
3: I did. Oh, man, I loved it.
2: And what did you think, now that you've had time to process it and let it all sink in and watch it three or four times (laughs) like the rest of
3: us? (laughs) I loved it. It It was so good. I mean, first of all, it was thrilling to see the crew back together for the first time since Star Trek Nemesis, which, I mean, I love all Star Trek, but Nemesis was not the movie they wanted to go out on. And it's not the movie I wanted them to go out on. And uh, I think it's one of the weaker Star Trek films. And so it was nice to see them come back together and get like a final hurrah and a a nice send-off and then to see them all back together. And I thought there was the the right amount of fan service and and nostalgia balanced with the right amount of new characters and, and change and exciting twists, and I, I thought it was thrilling I thought it was emotional uh, you know I was smiling like an idiot when when they walked onto the enterprise D bridge and my, my kids couldn't understand why I was smiling like an idiot and I, I, I just went to them it's like that's the first time they've been on that bridge since actually two generations and it's it's amazing and then getting the enterprise G I was smiling like an idiot hearing Walter's voice oh man
2: I love this yeah, we, we just talked. you missed him. He was just on a minute ago. You missed him.
3: Oh, Pavel, he, he was talking about that?
2: Yeah, you missed him. You'll have to track him down later.
3: Uh, it's weird. We're he, never in the same room at the same time. I don't know why that is.
2: <laughs> I think he had too much vodka. I think he was drunk. I don't know. He was floating in it. His head was floating in a bar. Yeah. In a jar of vodka or that something. That sounds like Pavel. Yeah, That's you got to watch it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I was impressed with the soundtrack for season three.
3: Yeah, I've already downloaded a lot of music. <laughs> the music is great. They've got like, it was not great. Not just the, the, the next-gen theme and, and you know motion picture theme, but there was hints of Star Trek three in there and mm-hmm. like hints of Star Trek Generations in there, and it's like First Contact in there. It's incredible. I mean, it's like an Easter egg hunt in just the soundtrack.
5: Yeah, yeah, it done really impressive. well. I mean, really tastefully. It was just great. So uh, very Hell entertaining. Yeah.
2: yeah, they did it. They did a phenomenal job on that stuff. Every, every episode, you're like, you're hearing things that is like, wow, they really dug deep for that one. That's a deep cut. Have yeah, they and I, I want to
3: say too, I I loved. Uh, I mean, this is no big surprise. All fandom loves Captain Shaw. Captain Shaw was just brilliant. But I loved his, his Jaws speech, that, that speech he gives to mm-hmm. Card about uh, uh, Wolf 359 and, yep. and the crew members, his friends, and, and you know who's going to be left behind and who's going to survive. And, and as the producers of the show talked about, it was their you know USS Indianapolis speech from Jaws. Which anyone who's not familiar with that, go see Jaws. And, and that speech is incredible. And then Shaw's spin on that speech, oh my god, it was incredible. And and then you know, hints of Captain Cisco and, and, and his beef with Picard. But I, I love that Wolf three five nine is this shadow that Patrick or Picard is never gonna uh get out from, from beneath.
2: No, you're, you're right. That's kind of the defining moment of the character. Yeah. Is when he became Lacutus. When when Shaw yeah. says, uh, he was so that... bad that it, the only Borg that has a name.
3: Yeah, well, that was great yeah. Yeah. But Well, it's I funny mean, too Patrick Stewart, one of his things about coming back to do Star Trek Picard was no Borg, and yet they managed to work the Borg into every season. Every single of season. Star Trek yeah. Picard. No. Yeah. First as the relic and, and the X X and and then as the 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 queen and the the tra- time travel and the new queen and then now as a starved eating themselves to death uh, Borg desperate Borg and his son with like the the Borg genes in him it, it I mean it, that was a pretty big part of who Picard was so I, I I don't blame the producers and writers for wanting that to be a thread that they continue.
1: Yeah, for me, that tracks, right? Because if you mm-hmm. were a human being that had experienced extreme PTSD, that could very easily become sort of the defining moment of your humanity, and it would affect you the rest of your life, and it would affect you in, in some positive ways, and it would affect you in a lot of negative ways, and you, and you might even pass that on to you know your your progeny or friends around mm-hmm. you or that type of thing simply because... Human beings can be affected in such a way. So that, that's what I liked about it was that it it sort of like humanized the perfect Picard that we had always seen in TNG.
5: Yeah,
2: and
1: it, I, I thought it was brilliant.
2: Who ever thought that the Iramati syndrome was actually a board created? Uh, <laughs> Genetic time bomb. Thank you,
4: retconning. <laughs> who who <laughs> ever
5: would have thought that? No, yeah. no, I mean it's, it's not great. convenient. Let's call it something else. Let's make it's it, well, Let's I mean, it It's
1: kind of like it's it's a little bit of like sleight of hand, but it's kind of cool when they take like an old thing like that and they sort of redefine it. I think it, that's yeah. why I didn't mind like the augment thing in in uh, you know Enterprise, like the the Klingon yeah, augment. Yeah, if it's not something
5: virus, that yeah. like a giant yeah. plot held on it being you know, defined yeah. a certain way. And you're actually going, well, you know, actually what we thought was this was really something <laughs> else. I mean, if it's done in like a clever way like that and it kind of supports a good yeah. story, you know, game on, you know?
3: And I always got I the mean, impression from all good things that the Armani syndrome was a possibility. <laughs> so that Maybe now they, like, I think Beverly even says at the end of that episode, we found it early. Maybe now we can treat it. And so it was always a possible future. So the fact that maybe it was misdiagnosed. Because they had very early on, thanks to Picard's flashes of the future, been certain that it's Armani syndrome. You know, hey, in the future that's what it is, so it must be this now. I could see how they misdiagnosed it. they had, they had gotten it in their heads that that's what it is. And and lo and behold, maybe, you know, the board purposely disguised it as that. Maybe they knew uh, that he had a family history of, of that, or at least a genetic uh, uh, predisposition for it.
2: Yeah, that I I when I heard and and then to pass the virus into the transporters that would infect yeah. the young.
1: Well, let's talk about that for a second because that was a huge retconning of kind of the way that transporter rebuilding works. Like none of that stuff is in any of the original Michael Okuda technical manuals or any of that kind of stuff. So they they had to find a way to up the stakes in season three. And the only way that they could do it was think about, okay, what's the one thing that every single person in the Federation does every single day, they use a transporter. So they had to find a way to sort of wedge that into the transporters to make the story more exciting. But that, that was very clearly a, a super, and the fact that (laughs) data understood how it worked, but Geordie didn't and data had to explain it to Geordie was kind of
3: funny. (laughs) Maybe Geordie's been retired too long. I mean I, that's so. a, uh, I mean, I guess that's a possible risk of transporters is you're assembling all these atoms and, and all these bits of people. I and mean, what if someone did hack a transporter? What if there was a virus, computer virus, put into a transporter that could insert genetic coding into your sequence as it, you were being resequenced? I mean, that's something we've never really seen featured on Star Trek or, or, or mentioned as a, as a threat of that technology.
1: You know, the closest thing I would say, Andy, is actually in Strange New Worlds, we saw for the very first time people get transported with one set of clothing on and end up at the other end with a different set of clothing on. So that's a, <laughs>
4: that's
1: a little bit of that, right? You you edit the pattern so as it's in transport.
3: Too. And that's something that you
6: presumably a, a transporter could do very easily. Yeah. Uh, it becomes kind of like a uh, fountain of youth almost. But you could almost just remodulate your DNA to almost anything, sure. really. Sure. D eight And they not? did
3: that in the episode. Did they do that in a TNG episode where they they
6: basically rebooted oh, something back
3: Plastik. to earlier saved? Yeah. Yeah. yeah Unnatural
5: yeah. selection. With yeah. The mm-hmm. What I'm curious about is, can we use a transporter for some, you know, weight loss program? Right? Can we like shave <laughs> off twenty pounds here and there, like conveniently? Right? I mean, all
6: what's... the donuts you can
5: or a way of, you know, sudden sobriety, right? It's like, wow, I really had too many at the bar, and i got to drive home. It's like, is there any way to beam the well, alcohol molecule? I mean,
0: that's beam why is whole thing,
5: in the whole yeah. bunch of un, 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 stuff here, fellas,
3: that we really should be looking into. When, when did... So well, it, the biggest uh-huh. question, too, is does the transporter kill you when it beams you? And that's something people have talked about, too. And I know that's opening up a, a big uh, 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 web of, of discussion, but... Do you does the original you die only to be transported together as a new you? You're
5: like, like a replica of your original self.
3: Yeah, like 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 the film The Prestige. Have you guys seen that film,
5: Christopher? Oh Hayden. yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Spoiler for anyone
3: who hasn't seen that. But but, <laughs> and I know that I think that the, the the physics of Star Trek is a book. The physics of Star Trek. I think they talk about that about how a transporter is like a murder device essentially
1: yeah i mean it's the uh it's the ship of theseus like philosophical problem right when you yeah. when you eventually when you have a, a a boat or a ship and you replace each board of the ship one piece at a time after you've replaced every single board is it still the same ship
3: yeah, and that's the question. Is does a transporter move your molecules or does it store and recreate your molecules?
1: Yeah, it's definitely store and recreate. I mean, that's what it that's what uh computers do, right? They they don't move electrons, they record them and reproduce them.
6: Like Schrodinger's like really high, high tech future to, to, to transporters. <laughs>
5: So every day you're <laughs> a virgin all over again. Is that what I'm hearing? <laughs>
3: well, we're not trying to ruin Star Trek anymore. <laughs> no,
4: no, no, no.
5: <laughs> we're going to get out of <laughs> it. Because if you have, not you're coming out of it. You're, you're, you're a brand new you who's never had that other experiences, right? So it's
3: you know, I don't know. Yeah, they it's, just it's need it's to put that area. sign in the transporter room. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. Until you the <laughs> <phone>. <laughs> and you smack it on the way out.
1: <laughs> well, look what they did with Thomas Riker. Look at that. Yeah,
3: no, that's a great example. That's true.
5: Yeah, really cool. I love that character. I think that character was fascinating. That was some I really hope good to see writing. Him
3: again. Stuff.
5: I thought yeah. that there were two characters I thought that for sure would had a good chance of showing up in Picard that didn't, and Thomas Riker was one of them. I thought uh, Riker. I thought because he's just so interesting, right? And uh, Frakes is just so involved with the shows, right? That you think he would, you know, be intimating for something like that. And then
3: Star Trek Legacy, you know, talking.
5: uh, And then you were talking transporters, right? I thought maybe Barclay would show up at some point. Oh, that'd
3: be fun to see. Yeah, yeah, that yeah.
5: cat is fascinating. He did a bunch of cool episodes and uh,
3: uh-huh. all
5: kinds of crazy. There are other ones where the, uh, the creatures were living in the transporter uh, stream. Yeah. That was crazy.
3: Well, again, fingers crossed, maybe we'll get a Star Trek legacy. I'd love to see more of the, the 90s legacy characters, Barkley, Thomas Riker. I'd love to see more DS9 cast members, O'Brien, Bashir, Kira, uh Dax I'd love to see more Voyager members and I think that that would be a great series to, to 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 explore Captain Seven and the Enterprise G and Rafi and 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 uh Jack Crusher and and see more of what the 25th century looks like but also a little bit of nostalgia and 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 uh fan service revisit some of those characters that we haven't seen in 20 25 or years
1: So I wonder if that – is that what is kind of – I mean, I guess Strange New Worlds is the maybe exception to this, but is that what is kind of necessary for folks to be into some of the Star Trek lately? and I'm just going to play devil's advocate for a moment. I don't think there's any question that season three was the season that gave us the most fan service of any in Star Trek Picard. And I think that was with intent. I think that's what they intended to do. I think it's what they executed. I think they injected some new blood into it, like you were just intimating there, Andy. You know, you've got your Jack Crushers and you got your Sydney LaForges and you got you got know, new blood like that. But do you think that um, in order to kind of appease the fans, you know, uh, Star Trek Leg- Let's just say Star Trek Legacy. Uh, we're all assuming that something like that will one day get made. Do you think it's necessary? that they include that kind of like shout out to the old characters for fans to really dig it. I mean, in some ways, I I think it might be so simply because we've all seen the reception that Star Trek Discovery got, which was either super hot or super cold, I think, depending on who the person was. But I don't know. It's just a curious question I have. What do you think?
3: I don't think we necessarily need that. I love Discovery and I love it in the 23rd century and I loved it and love it in the 32nd century. Um, I don't think we necessarily need the nostalgic shout outs. Um, I think strange new worlds is incredible. And I think it, it, it's my favorite of the new shows right now. It, it's just so good. So fun. So exciting, optimistic. It's got nostalgia sprinkled in there. You know, they had the the maroon monster and then, uh, they had mm-hmm. Kirk and, you know, Mabenga and, and Chapel. It's got its nostalgia, and number one, Spock. Um, it, but it balances, I think, well with strange new worlds and and, and seeing stuff we haven't seen before. And then Star Trek, spirit of the original series, with the budget of today. Uh, and I, I think Legacy could be that for the twenty fifth slash you know, twenty fourth century. It'll be the twenty fifth century, but you know, with characters we grew to love in the twenty fourth century. And I think if they did do if they didn't do legacy and they didn't do or if they did it without nostalgic characters, I would be okay too. We have nostalgia in Lower Decks I think does a good job of introducing us to legacy characters and, and reminding us of, of former episodes and stuff like that, from the animated series to T N G to TS Nine to Voyager. Um and, and I'm excited for Starfleet Academy, and that can be completely new. But having said all that, I would love to see some of these characters. These actors are still alive. Uh, you know, we got to see Scotty pop on to TNG. We got to see Spock pop on to TNG. Um, I'd love to see some of the characters from the '90s Trek. Maybe even find a way to bring in some Enterprise characters if not the legacy to, to one of the other series. I think that's the great thing about having not a single show that's dependent upon its characters and its uh, story, but having a Star Trek universe where you can explore the entire universe and you can do TV shows and TV movies and you can bring in, you know, like, like uh, bringing in Admiral. Um, oh, my mind's blanking on her head. Uh, on be. her name. Uh, Shelby, Shelby Shelby, yeah. Admiral Shelby, who we didn't need to see, but it was great to see. And I yeah. think legacy could be that, getting catching us up on where these characters are now, thirty years later, in the twenty fifth century. And I think that's well said, that's man, the great well thing said about this kind of search-
5: there you you know, and I think they've left the door open in a really cool way because, I mean, I think, you know, I don't think there's any question that we're going to get multiple new series coming down the pike, but they've also made it really clear they'd like to do, you know, just a series of like three or four just standalone TV movies. Yeah, I, I mean, like that. That gives them so much flexibility, yeah. right? Somebody comes in and pitches a great idea for one last Deep Space Nine story. Maybe you don't want to be able to devise a whole, you know, 10-episode season around it, but you got a neat, cool story, you know, something to really bring and Miles O'Brien bring back in a nifty way. Is, is when Do a movie. On,
3: yeah, when they were on, on UPN or even uh, before UPN, when they were just... Uh, syndicated, they still had to appeal to a mass audience. And so you had to kind of make the show stand on its own. Gene Roddenberry didn't want TNG referencing the original series because he wanted it to stand on its own. But now that you've got streaming, you can have Star Trek shows that stand on their own. And you can have Star Trek shows for each different quadrant. You can have children's Star Trek shows. You can have adult Star Trek shows, older adult Star Trek shows. You can action adventure Star Trek shows. But you can also have nostalgic Star Trek shows. And it's streaming is such a niche audience that you can be so specific, you know. You don't have to be broad anymore. You can just make Star Trek for Star Trek fans and and a, a legacy show, I think, you know, name intended lends itself to that. And and yeah, movies that, you know, get to see Michelle Yeoh kicking butt in a section 31 film is, is something that maybe you couldn't you couldn't put onto a, a out into theaters in a wide release but on Paramount Plus why the heck not I'm still hopeful that maybe we'll get to see the Quentin Tarantino Star Trek as a Paramount Plus film
1: I just want to make sure that they always have a place in their hearts for new Star Trek fans because as these shows become so self-referential as we continue yeah, through you know here. it shouldn't just be old-time Star Trek fans that are interested in this stuff it should every I agree with maybe that. maybe not every iteration but at least some sort of new iteration should be focused towards new fans. I think Prodigy did a great job of that, right? Yeah, you didn't have to exactly know anything great. about Star Trek. Love
5: Prodigy. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. I think it's because
5: you know, you've you got a legacy character baked into Prodigy, which is great, you know, and occasionally they'll
0: yeah, have some like a, you know
5: references to the old way. characters, but the, you know, yeah. they're, they're the bringing in a to whole to bunch, bunch of
3: new more ones. Yeah. More yeah, exactly. Well, and, and, and yeah, you can have a completely new show like Discovery, which very few legacy characters. Or or, or Star uh, Academy might be that as well. And then you can have, you know, Lower Decks has them every once in a while, but then you can have like a, a really dive into legacy characters with Star Trek Legacy or, or Strange New Worlds, which is very new but also has, you know, some very old characters that we're well aware of. And I, I think yeah, that's a great thing with... with
1: <laughs> huh? Yeah Well, Bob. he's coming back on Strange New Worlds, I'm convinced. I think we'll see him. Who's, oh, I had this Who's conversation just
2: Side last Bob. night. With a friend of mine, and I I said to him, we were talking about Star Trek and the new shows, and I said, look, here's the thing. Streaming gives them an opportunity to do something they couldn't do before, and I use Star Trek IV as an example. Star Trek IV brought people into the theater like my parents. Oh, the one with the whale. Everybody went to see it, and we went to see it as Star Trek fans, but then non-Star Trek fans got pulled in, and that's the kind of stuff that they want to do on streaming. They know that you and I are going to watch Section 31. They know that we're going to watch Prodigy. They know that we're going to watch whatever they give us. We're here. We'll watch it. What they want to do is they want to broaden that net and pull in people that maybe wouldn't watch it. Maybe there's a bunch of Asian fans out there that really don't connect to Star Trek. Here's Michelle Yeoh. We'll watch Section 31. They watch that.
3: And exactly. That's the great thing about these. TV movies is, yeah, yeah. The show Yo, who just won an Oscar. so hot right now. And, and that film, it doesn't have to be a lot of backstory. It's just a movie. The movies are, are famously easier to digest for general audiences. But anyone who watches that Star Trek Section 31 film and says, wow, I love that. I love Emperor Giorgio, can then go back and watch Discovery. And then suddenly they're looped into and roped into, <laughs> roped into a, a, another series. And, and boom. A new fan is born.
2: That's right. That's that's what I. That's what that would be the approach that I would take is try to pull them in, hook them young, and pull them in.
1: <laughs> you know, Jim. One of the. I mean, that's a great example, though. I mean, I think one of the reasons that Star Trek IV was so popular was because the the way that it was written, it plugged right into the whole save the whales movement of the time, and so it took a contemporary topic and it put it on the big screen, and it didn't. You didn't really have to To know Star Trek at all, you didn't have to know who Captain Kirk was to be able to enjoy that movie. I I will say that just hope that Star Trek keeps doing the same thing. I think I do think Michelle Yeoh probably is our best bet, right? (laughs) Because because of her popularity, because everybody knows who she is right now. So certainly, when they make the Section Thirty One movie, that's going to bring a lot of people in. But let's have one show. And yes, I'm getting greedy because we already have tons of Star Trek, but let's have one show that doesn't have anybody we already know in it. Give me a show that gives me a brand new Michael Burnham or a brand new Tilly or whatever. You know, I, 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 I crave uh, detailed stories about the characters I love, but I also crave new stories about characters I don't know.
2: I want to see Andorian
1: captain. That I want to see a starship with an
2: Andorian captain. That's what I want to see. They haven't really. Shran was great on Enterprise. He was he was fantastic. Give us an Andorian, or if, if not a captain, a truly Andorian character, on some new show.
6: I think it would be interesting to just shy away from the Federation and just go completely with an alien race we already know and love, Klingon, for instance. Maybe we could get, get Klingon characters and look at their culture. and I, That's brilliant.
1: Expand yeah. Expand on that. Absolutely. I mean, they have. I mean, the thing about it is that they've dug into such a deep legacy with Star Trek that they could explore any one of these avenues, and they would be successful. I would think.
3: You know, they couldn't even. 5%. I thought once, and they, they kind of did this with short treks, They could do an anthology series where every week is a different story in a different now part of talking. the universe, different time period, telling a different story in the Star Trek universe. That's totally doable as well. I mean, they could do anything.
2: Hmm. I think a Cybox series would be outstanding. Vulcan. <laughs> <you know>. <laughs> the
1: <episode, laughs> Cybox is bad. More, but, you know,
5: share your that.
1: pain. As I watch, and I will have to share my pain with others.
5: Can you imagine, though, man? If it's like if they—I I love that idea, David. Like if if if, if they decided to just do basically, okay, this shows this is nothing but a Klingon series, right? The Klingons are the main characters, and. and Dig into that, right? And you well, know, I mean, create they did that something. For years, they did
1: comics, yeah. like co- special comics things, where they would only do Star focusing Trek on
5: one on one group, yeah, one yeah. species, right? It was but awesome. but it would be good. Give us something that you know. Not, I don't want to have the same thing we've had before, obviously. But like you know, the whole thing during the whole uh, Klingon Civil War uh, arc, you know, with the Doras family and Lursa and all that good stuff, that was super. You know, it was like Game of Thrones, practically, right? You know, really, I mean, as a precursor. I mean, I, people would love that if you had, like, this yeah. ongoing saga of, you know, combating power-hungry, you know, fa- families, you know, Gowron's descendants or whatever you want to have it, right? I mean, that could be really great. That would be – people would watch that show because Klingons are out of control.
0: Yeah.
5: <laughs> well, they did. They and beheadings of, are on Wednesday.
0: Beheadings
2: are on Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it kind of do uh, forward text. Uh, Klingon episode when they did Weej Doge. That was that was a lot of Klingon-centric stuff going on in that episode.
5: But we
1: could do I some think people love that raided... stuff,
5: man. I think that would be great.
1: Yeah, we could do some rated that, R Klingons. I think people would like that quite a bit. Remember that, that uh,
2: Lower Decks episode where they were playing Dungeons and Dragons, but it was like Klingons <laughs> and Battle. <Yeah>. Was, was, <laughs> yeah, like, that,
5: that was, was so great. funny,
2: man. That was great. Well, guys, uh, <laughs> guess what? Can we all, before is, we go,
5: I think that we should have consensus. Can we all just agree that, that Andy's one of the best guests? That ever? Yeah! With, like, yeah! Uh,
0: <laughs> legit, you, like,
5: you, you know, multi, like super deep cut knowledge of all aspects of the franchise in just an awesome, uh, relatable way. It was great to get to meet you, dude. So uh, and it's, come back it's and to right see us again. Mean-
1: and you've been on the podcast Absolutely. so many times that I literally feel like I know you. I've never met you in real life, but I feel like I can call you, <laughs> dude. So thanks for coming, dude.
3: Thank you. Yeah, I think uh, I get a free sub after
5: this appearance.
1: I
6: think you do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Come on out to
5: Portland, man. We'll we'll take care of
6: you, dude. Yeah, Paul and I'll take you yeah. out, bro. <laughs> they, <they've been> a- <laughs> All right.
5: Yeah, notify your parole officer if you have one. And
0: <laughs>
5: what happens on the holiday stays on the holiday. So,
2: Andy, absolutely, um, are we working on a new truck sketch that you can
5: give
3: us some uh, little little teaser on, or haven't you gotten that far yet? I am. I've got a whole summer, and I want to. I've got a few of them that I'm working on. I'll give you a couple of tastes of them. One of them is based on a conversation we had last time. It's it's uh, Starship Secrets with Pavel Chekhov, where he's oh, discussing yeah. how the Gorn that Kirk fought doesn't seem quite as ferocious as the Gorn <laughs> he discovered Captain
6: Pike I love it. And, I love it. <laughs> and then I'm, I'm still
3: it. working on... <laughs> so that's probably going to be the next one I do. And I'm, I'm still working on the Lens Flares sketch that I mentioned a while back, uh, the Kelvin Universe one. That one's just a little technically difficult to shoot, but uh, about... The, the lens flares on the Enterprise causing a little bit of havoc with, with one of the ensigns aboard the ship. And then I've got another one that uh, I'll just give you the title, should be enough, is it's called 12 Angry Q. Oh. Nice. nice. And, and yeah. I mean, if all goes well, I'm hoping to get all of those shot this summer and released probably about a month apart from each, each other. So the next one will hopefully, fingers crossed, come out. Uh, sometime around the beginning of,
6: of june
2: well if you guys and want to check gorgeous. out um we had andy on our show that we, we it was our Gorntastic gorn special and it was right after we saw the gorn on strange new worlds and, and we happened to have andy and mr Chekhov on that podcast coincidentally and we talked all about the <laughs> gorn and uh, you can go to trucktalking.com and if you go down to topics and you pick guests you'll be able to find that one it's, the Gorn-tastic show, and uh, you can find out what we talked to Andy about with the Gorn. It was a lot of fun. Well, I want to let he you went. guys know that next Thursday, if you guys enjoyed Picard season three and Worf making his chamomile tea and uh, Wednesday's RB beheadings, and I'll make it a threesome and all his other great lines and his great combat scenes, you definitely don't want to miss Thursday night show. Absolutely not. You definitely want to be here uh, because we're going to have um, Quinn early cast. And you're saying, okay, Uncle Jim, you're, you're toking on some Jay. Who the hell is that? That is <laughs> Warf stunt man. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> He's the guy that did all the fights with Michelle Heard. He's the guy that was w- waving the curl around the and beheaded to Ferengi on Wednesday. Um, he did all the stunts and all the fighting scenes for Warf in season three as well as a bunch of other great movies you can check out his imbb page he's going to be with us here on thursday to take your questions so you definitely want to tune in for that it's going to be a lot of fun so i'm your most excellent host uncle jim and i want to say happy birthday and thank you to our very own charles uh who had to leave uh for hanging out with us uh he had to go do some birthday celebrations but thank you so much charles for hanging out and trek talking with us we really appreciate it. Thank you so much to Andy Bray, the man, the myth, the legend, for hanging out with us. Thank you so much, Andy. My pleasure. I love coming on the show. It's always fun. And, and uh, send our thanks to Pavel. Uh, next time you see him in the in the uh, boil room down there, we appreciate him coming on with us as well. He's always fun to talk to, especially now that his son's the president. He, his head is swollen a little <laughs> bit, so. <laughs> he's he's going to need out. a bigger jar <laughs> He's going to need a big jar <laughs> <laughs> A tub Yeah, it's going to be a big tub Filled with vodka And uh, thank you so much <laughs> to David for hanging out And Trek talking with us tonight Thank you, David yeah, it's fine. Thanks for having me And thank you so much to our very own Paul For hanging out with us Thank you, Paul
5: A pleasure, as always, brother, and Andy, great meeting you, man. Thanks for spending time. You're hilarious. Uh, Thanks for making us laugh, brother. Thank you. Thank you. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. And thank you so much to
2: Eric for hanging out with us. Thank you, Eric.
1: Absolutely. Literally my favorite night of the week. Thank you so much, guys, and thank you, Andy. (laughs) Thank you. We'll definitely
2: have Andy back again. Don't you guys worry. And he'll he'll bring Pavel along with him, too, so we'll have Andy back again. And I want to let you guys know that if you're going to be in Long Island on the 20th and 21st, please go to Trek Long Island and uh, look me up. Uncle Jim will be there. I'll be waving my batlets around. I'll even let you touch it if you ask nicely. So. Head on over. Oh, Lord. The yes.
5: There we go. <laughs> Demand to wield
1: it. Demand
5: to yeah. wield uh,
1: oh, yeah.
0: well, it.
5: That, that, uh, <laughs> that Starfleet restraining order is coming up again. Man. <laughs> 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 oh, Lord. Uh.
0: Um,
2: and just to let you guys know that Monday I'll be on, on the podcast, Same Bat Time, Same Bat Channel with Edwin and Rachel uh, to give you guys a fill in, the final fill in. On Trek Long Island, we've got the schedule. We've got all the panels. We've got all the stars, the photo ops, the autographs, everything. Um, If you're looking for information and you want to find out the latest, you want to come on and listen on Monday. And that's it, guys. That's the end of the show. And as always, Star Trek fans are the best fans. You better believe that. Please, everybody, stay safe and be good to each other. Hailing frequencies (laughs) are closed. Good night, everybody.
6: Good night.
5: Good night, Earthman. Good
4: night.
6: Night, y'all. Goodbye.
5: Let's see what's out there.
0: Engage.